for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Happy belated 4th of July, everybody. Today is July 5th, 2022. And today is a repeat episode. And the reason why I'm doing this is because, not gonna lie to you, uh, I've been gone. It's been a holiday weekend and uh, been on vacation, but uh, that's not the only reason. I'm going to go back into the archives and we're going to, I'm, I'm going to put out my hunt from last year, my Michigan buck. The reason being is because everybody honestly is, that's probably my most downloaded podcast. I mean, thousands of downloads uh, that episode got. And um, I've been getting some inquiries about it and people it's it's getting lost in the mix basically i mean it happened the last november so my catalog's getting bigger so i thought i'd i'd get it back out there it's an unbelievable story and you know here in july other than velvet fest coming um what better way to get hyped up is just to listen to a good deer story so that's today's podcast my buddy mitch reitz uh kind of co-hosted that with me so we're gonna we're gonna dive into that but before we do um, I want to talk about a couple things. I recorded a couple podcasts last week, uh, one with Helix Broadheads, so we're going to dive deep into that uh, in the in the coming weeks. And starting as of you know this July, right now, um, Latitude Outdoors, Latitude Tree Saddles, I am officially partnered with them. I've kind of hinted on that a little bit, um, but contractually, like it starts this July. So. We are in full force there. I've got content that I'm making, videos and are going to be coming out here. I did a podcast with those guys uh, last week as well, so you're going to hear those in the the coming future as well. But I don't want you guys to think I'm I'm not coming at you from an expert saddle hunter because I'm not. Uh, literally, I used to saddle hunt about 11 years ago, and I'm a greenhorn again. So <laughs> I'm trying to learn this stuff, uh, you know, again. 
and try to you know get a system down because back then i didn't have a system and matter of fact i was just texting with greg litzinger because he's a saddle hunter and um i'm trying to get all the stuff that i need to get as far as you know for being public land safe you know as far as gear hangers and stuff like that and these little trinkets and everything that i'm just in the dark on i'm asking guys that are a lot more advanced and know a lot more than i do so that's what we're doing right now but um also so i did a podcast with helix broadheads bright lion over there that's going to be coming live in latitude um if you guys want to know any more about those products go to their websites go to helixbroadheads.com i actually have a code the code is fall hx10 so when you order your broadheads type in fall hx10 uh to save some money latitude the same thing go to latitudeoutdoors.com check out their saddles get it now because it is one of those things that uh you gotta you gotta practice at it um there's a little bit of a learning curve but honestly i think once you get into it uh you'll really enjoy it so next one is vector custom arrows so vector custom shops type in fall 10 at checkout for some new arrows i'm shooting my hmrs again getting those ready for hunting season with a 125 helix on the front and i'm doing the four fletch go to their website check them out do the arrow builder and uh, get them order get those things coming asap so fall 10 at checkout for that all lowercase for that as well and last but certainly not least exodus trail cams i'm literally getting ready in a couple days my buddy kevin and i are heading to some public land uh some stuff that we did scout this spring saturday morning we're leaving at 5 30 a.m and we are going up there and i'm putting out some exodus so it's going to be that time i mean get some cameras out there and, and get things working but uh that's what i'm doing and the renders are going to be with solar panels are going to be put out hope to hell that they don't get stolen please people if if you want the car take the card out i don't care just leave the camera in the solar panel please just do that um gonna take those out there waders and and boots going in thick and uh seeing what uh we got for our crop this year so super excited about that but go check them out at exodusoutdoorgear.com so i guess with that being said i'm trying to rack my brain of what else we got i, I really don't think i have anything else to talk about right now i want to get to this interview you know that that mitch and i did about my buck uh two-year quest last year it ended um, in 2021, awesome deer, um, and one hell of a story that it, it was crazy. If you have not heard this, this is honestly one of the, you know, I, I didn't think so at first, but like now that I sit back and like replay it, like it's one of the crazier stories. I've It is the craziest story I've ever been a part of. So it's pretty neat. So uh, thank you guys for all the support and all the downloads. Please go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a written review. And uh, here's this interview with Mitch and I. All right, here we are. We are in my new home right now, and I'm with my good buddy Mitch Reitz. He is going to co-host today on the Michigan episode. We are, it's, I mean, it's 10.22 p.m. in the evening. We always do podcasts late, I feel like. you. Yeah, and I. yeah. We're, we're busy guys. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, beers, beers flowing right now, but uh, Mitch got a hold of me a couple days ago and said, hey, when are you going to come out with the Michigan episode? I said, I'm going to hopefully do it soon. I don't, uh, he goes, when are you going to record it? And I said, like I said, soon, but he said, do you have a co-host? I said, no, 
He goes, I'm there. <laughs> so I invited myself, more yeah. or less. <laughs> but the good thing is, is like Mitch and I were just talking. We got the deer sitting right here too, and it's the first time he's got to see it. But uh, Mitch was asking me some stuff about, it, and I was telling him he's like, "Well, I didn't know this happened. I didn't know you shot him on the ground, and I didn't know." And I'm like, "Okay, we'll, we'll get into that." So he literally knows hardly anything about this story. So this is gonna be good. Right. I'm. I know as much as all you guys <laughs> out there. So good deal. So looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, this is officially the first podcast of my new house. I mean, we're sitting on plywood floors, uh, drywall that is not primed or painted yet. <laughs> Everything's I just got done working. You know, we were cleaning up yep. tonight. Uh, and you know, I'm going to start priming the house this weekend and then painting. And then I mean, we're moving along, but we got, shop lights and we got a little bit of heat in here it's like 62 degrees yep. so hey this is the it's first nice. one and we got plenty of podcasts to come out of this new house oh there's gonna be a lot there's a nice office a nice podcast studio yeah it's it's the the full deal for actually built need. a podcast studio in my new house <laughs> that's great yeah that's I can't wait. But this, we're actually sitting right in the kitchen where the island would be. So this will probably be the, the last podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. that will be <laughs> before the <laughs> island gets in here. So, But uh, anyway, so just to recap, uh, November 3rd. So we're recording this on November 11th. November 3rd, I killed a buck in Michigan that I've been chasing for two years. A lot of people have been asking me. They, I was just telling Mitch, this um, – this buck has created more buzz on the podcast side of things that, I mean, I've had a, a pretty good year this year, and out of all the bucks that I've killed this year, this one has created the most buzz, and people want to know about this one the most. It's crazy, dude. I mean, the direct messages I got from Instagram and Facebook and people just reaching out to me, listeners, podcast listeners are like, when are you going to come out with this? We want to know the story. And I'm like, this really, you want to know about this deer? This and is days after an Ohio booner. Yeah. <laughs> a typical booner. Gosh. It's like, do you guys not know what happened like nine days ago? <laughs> you know? Wow. Um, well, but let's I, give it to him. I, I agree. So I guess to start off first, I mean, you've killed a good buck already this year. So let's. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got lucky and, uh, you know, it was one of those days where I I saw the weather was going to be good, and I told my boss I need this Tuesday morning off, and I'm also <laughs> taking Thursday morning off. And Tuesday morning I went in, and uh, it was pretty slow to begin with, and I I touched the horns together about nine o'clock, and then again at nine thirty, and about ten o'clock he came right down the pipe. You could tell he kind of he probably heard it from a distance, you know, maybe earlier that morning and kind of just circled back to see mm -hmm. you know he it's not like he came charging in or anything but you could tell he was just cruising kind of you know checking things out seeing what was up and and of course it was shortly after I took my I, I used my phone to film and I took it off the camera arm and <laughs> of course he came right down the pipe about two minutes after I did that and uh came right through it 18 yards and it was perfect, man. The rest was history. Yep. Watched him drop and everything, and um, it was great. And made it to work on time and came back and got him out So you didn't have to take any PTO then? I did for the morning. I took oh, the okay. half day off, and then I, got I shot him at 10, 15, 
and made it to work at noon after I'd tagged him and kind of drug him oh, as far you. as I could. But Did you have any beers? I did not, but the day before, I told my coworker, I'm going to kill one tomorrow, and I'm going to put it on the hood of my Cobalt, and I'm going to drive it to work, because <laughs> I sold my truck over the winter, and uh, so now I'm down to the, the 2008 Chevy Cobalt, and uh, this deer barely fit in the trunk, so anything bigger, I'm going to have to pass up, because it's not going to fit. I'm not going to be able to haul it. That's awesome. So, yeah, it was cool, and uh, yeah, looking to fill my second tag, and you are as well so. yeah i am i'm hoping i was actually close the other night yeah <laughs> like real close i've been a fourth buck this year i mean i was literally 40 yards from filling my second michigan tag and on my family farm and just kind of went in on a whim got between two hemlock cedar swamps where i figured bucks would be cruising downwind of them looking for does and it he read it like a t but i was just out of position by 40 yards and, and honestly when i hung the stand I got in the stand. I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, it's it's a good good spot. I felt really good about it. But I'm like, I should be a little deeper. Like I felt like I should uh, be, you know. And then I'm like, you know yep. what? I, I can see a ways. If a deer comes up, I could work him with a call if I needed to. He came up to 80 yards. I freaking yelled at him with a grunt and a bleat, <laughs> and he did not care. He was on a mission somewhere, and I'm like, shit. He has been, you know, probably 120 inch nine pointer. And I would have been like, yep, yep. buck number four, let's <laughs> Fourth go. tag, here you go. <laughs> oh. So it's November 3rd. November 3rd. Happens? Well, let's go back, though. So this story starts in 2020, last season. Um, you know, in the summer, you put cameras out, all that. And this is behind where I'm building my house and on the one-acre farm. So everybody listening can follow and that has heard a lot about the one acre farm and everything. So you can, you know, um, started getting this, this, this buck on camera w- along with a couple other bucks and a buck that I named Tynes Ward that I ended up missing last year. Okay. He was a big, tall nine pointer. Well, the six pointer, he was a, a clean six, but he was a big body deer. I figured he's probably at least three and a half, maybe four and a half. Um, but he had a, a weird rack in the sense of, like, it looked like he just didn't grow G2s. It looked like his G3s were out there and his beams, and he had brows. But he was like a bowling ball type of deer. Like, he had a Roman nose already, and it, his neck was already swollen in, like, August. Like, it was just, he was just like yeah, a guy with no neck. That showed me was crazy, yeah. dude. That yeah. was, it looked like a full rut, you know. It, it, uh, that's exactly what it was, you know. And he was really recognizable because when he turned – he just looked like he had no G2s, you know, it was just yep. G3s and beams. Like, so you knew, I, I called him the super six. That's, you know, and, and I was fully like ready to kill this deer. Like, I'm like, man, that's a, that'd be a cool deer to kill. Last year, even last year, yeah, 2020. Right. So, so we get into August, he's showing up all the time on camera and I'm like, well, it's either him or, you know, I had, there was a couple of other bucks, like I said, Tynes Ward. He kind of showed up later in October, um, or like, I shouldn't say later, middle of October, and then I ended up missing him. And then I have no idea where he's, to this day, I have no idea where he's at. If he was killed, I haven't heard. So I think it was, um, I'd have to look at my notes, but this Super Six, you know, he was, he was there the whole time. Um, I watched him all summer. Uh, you know, I figured he was three and a half. Like I said, you know, the season came and actually I was hunting 
up to my family farm on October 2nd night. And I'm sitting there and I got like a 90 inch eight pointer coming right at me and I could feel my phone in my pocket vibrate. And I'm like, you know, I, I remember the distinct feeling, but I'm, I'm, I'm focused on what's going on. After that buck left, I looked at my phone and it was my cell cam and my one acre going off and it was six point in there in daylight. And I'm like, crap, <laughs> October 2nd, you know, oh <laughs> uh, my gosh, like I could have killed him that night, you know. And I chose wrong, and that's the kind of the downfall of cell cams. It like right. makes you feel like if you guys are in the market for a new trail cam, go check out ExodusOutdoorGear.com. Check out all the cameras that Exodus Trail Cams has to offer. Right now, you need to go over to the website, sign up for their newsletter, stay up to date with all their information, know when they have new stock in and what's going on there. Also, they run a five-year warranty on their cameras, and they have a five-year theft warranty. So if your camera gets stolen, it's called the Exodus Advantage. They'll give you 50%, 50 wow, I can't even talk, 50% off a replacement camera. That's pretty crazy. So go over to ExodusOutdoorGear.com and check out everything Exodus has to offer. I haven't had my first uh, reality check from a cell cam, but I know it's going to happen some morning when I'm at work and should have been out, you know, and one will come by. Yeah. And I've had a couple reality checks this morning. I actually had a reality check. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, so that happened, um, and I didn't get a lot of pictures of him after that. It was almost like he just kind of vanished in a way, but he never lived on me. Like, I'm in farm country. It's, you know, wooded mm-hmm. fence rows, little little wood lots. Like, he just wasn't living on me. I was a destination for him, and I knew that I was just going to have to catch him on his feet cruising for does um and that's kind of how this farm you ha- you kind of have to hunt this farm is just you know early if you can get lucky you can it, it, honestly this farm's really good like in the first five days of season when you're getting when they're still kind of dumb mm-hmm. and then from like october 19th like when that first doe comes into estrus like then you'll start seeing them like gradually leading up to november it's like okay you know it's on now then you're gonna start seeing some bigger deer but like I said, uh, I didn't get a lot of pictures of him after that. Um, October 15th, uh, I went out and, and sat on a field edge, and I had my first encounter with him. He came. It was a morning, and I watched him come out of the neighbor's timber and walk all the way to me. I mean, for like 300 yards, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna smack him here. He comes to 70 yards. I had a grunter. I threw a little tending grunt, like just like a little contact, like, hey, I'm over here kind of thing. He stops, looks my direction, and goes in the timber behind me. It wasn't 15 minutes later. He was heading for the one acre. 15 minutes later, my phone goes off. He's in the one acre in daylight. It was a morning. Okay. Okay, so he went by me and then went right to the one acre, and the cell cam goes off. And I'm like, crap. (laughs) <laughs> so rewind a little bit. What okay. made you like if a deer's on a beeline right to me like that? What he made wasn't you on a beeline to me. His his so he was paralleling me. me. So okay. if I'm sitting and face, let's just say I'm facing south, he was like probably a hundred yards east of me, heading straight north. Okay. So he was like paralleling okay. me. Okay. He wasn't gonna come right at me. Right. You know, so yeah, good okay. clarification gotcha. there though. Gotcha. Because I wouldn't have called if he was coming right at me, I wouldn't have called. Right, right. You know. But I knew he wasn't gonna commit to me, so 
and that's the kind of that's the shitty thing about farm country hunting. You can see them, but it's like, you know, they might only come to hundred yards. You yeah. know, and it's like you can't do anything about it sometimes. So yep, yeah. But that happened, and then so then it like the fire just burnt even more. It's like okay, now 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 it's like a fight. Now I want to kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you showed yourself. Now exactly. Now I'm coming for you. Exactly. So then, um, uh, I'm just kind of reading my notes here. I had to write all this whole timeline down because there's so many different things about what was going on. Yeah, uh, going into this, Aaron was just saying, yeah, this happened. And I'm like, really? I didn't know that. Like, oh, he, you know, he killed off the ground, like you said. And then <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. Like, I, so this story is about to unfold. Yeah. <laughs> so a couple days later, I get back in the same stand um, that I just had the encounter with him. And it was a really foggy day. It was a, it was a, no, it was a morning. It was a morning. Sorry. This was like October 20th, 2022nd, right there, somewhere. A couple days after I encountered him. I get in the stand, and uh, same stand. It's a foggy morning. It's kind of misting rain, and as as it gets daylight, the fog kind of lifts. And like, I I remember I look over, and he's at like three hundred yards with a doe, just locked on her. Like, he's in lockdown right then. Just, and he stayed there for almost forty hours with her. Like, would not move. Like, they moved like. 40 yards you know it, like i remember driving by him in the vehicle i like, talked to you see, that day yes yeah <laughs> yes. and you're like you're not gonna believe this but they're still, still there. out there yep. <laughs> and i got back in the stand that evening same thing i mean he's 300 yards away or so couldn't do anything about it it was just i was the closest i could get to him you know i didn't have i could have tried to I actually could have got closer, but it would have been in the wide open on the ground. Like, and then it's like just hoping this doe comes by. So it was just one of those things that, like, you know, it is what it is. I know he's right there, and yep. so that happened. And then, honestly, I never saw him from the stand again that year. That was like right around the twentieth, the twenty second, so like right in those couple days. Never saw him from the stand again. My neighbor saw him a couple times, passed him up with a gun, didn't want to kill him. I'm like, okay, you know, that's that's fine with me. <laughs> yep. Um, Some people don't know. It, yeah. Just because something looks a little goofy. Yep. They don't really know <laughs> how old it is. And well, I think I figured he was a three year old. Um, could have been a four year old, but I really figured he was a three year old. He was just a six pointer. I mean, honestly, he was probably, man, he was probably. I don't know. You saw the video of him. What do you think? He was a 90-inch six-pointer maybe, 80-inch six-pointer? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think he would have cracked the 100-inch mark, you know? No, but, he, I mean, he has – he had good mass that year. and He had a good He frame. just didn't have any time. Yeah. <laughs> if you put G2s but, on him, he would have been, like, yeah, he was you a, know, probably 110-inch six-pointer probably. And anybody know? around or eight pointer, I guess would have killed say. him, you know, with yeah. a gun, yeah. you know? Which is kind of the way we were talking about earlier. It kind of happens like that around us, you know. Yep. People will pass on the weird ones or the yep. ones they think are inferior just because they aren't the perfect eight-point or whatever. And those deer mm-hmm. subsequently get older. They get older. So, yeah. Which so is I, fun to hunt them. Exactly. And I, I didn't really see them again. Um, like I said, my neighbors saw them in, in gun season and – 
saw him in his yard in his driveway like throughout December, and then it got into January and he saw him again. And I'm like, okay, so he made it. So yeah. I'm like, good. You know, I'm I cannot wait to see what he if he shows up and yeah, hopefully he blows up. Or exactly. Who knows what's gonna happen? But. So summer 2021 comes around. I'm starting to build my house. July comes around. The weekend of July 10th, I think it was. It was like right after the 4th of July, the weekend after 4th of July. I'm roofing my house. I'm putting shingles on my house. I'm up there by myself. I look out back in the beans. There's seven deer out there. And they're probably two, three hundred yards away. And I'm like, shit, I better get down, go to my truck, get the binos, and see what these deer are. I picked the binos up. The first one I put on, I'm like, oh, my God, that's him. Because I could <laughs> tell from his frame how, you know, the year before, he didn't have G2s, basically. Yep. Well, his right side was that way. Like, yep. he didn't have a G2 on his right side. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's him again. Yep. But on the left side, he grew a G2 this year. So he's got four on the left, and he had... Uh, let me look at him. He had two for sure on the right, and then he had a couple kickers, and a couple flyers, and I'm like, I don't know what he's gonna like, what's gonna be scoreable on him or whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, oh my god, that's him. And he was with six other bucks, and I'm like, you're a giant body deer. He dwarfed every deer. Same thing, bowling ball guy, like no neck, Nathan, like swelled up in August or July, and it's like, holy crap, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't that really was see that very often either. No, no, you don't. And That's then cool. as it got more into like end of July and August, he was clockwork. Clockwork. I mean, we'd be working on the house, I'd look out at like seven o'clock in the evening, he'd walk out, same runway, feeding the beans. I could have killed him so many times, you know, if we could have hunted in right. the summer. You know, I mean, here he comes. He'd walk yep. out. I got footage of him through a spot and scope on my phone. I'm like, man, this deer is so cool and like he's my main focus he's my number one he's the biggest deer i've had on camera all year even to this day biggest deer so did you have him on the camera i know you run a camera on that one like lone tree in the fence row behind yep. your house he okay good call on that. On yep. there. so i call that that camera the summer camera because literally every buck hits there's like six crab apple trees yep. in a fence row in the middle of a section and for whatever reason, these deer always make like a scrape underneath this crab apple tree in the summer, and every deer walks by it. Like, it's a fence row that connects, you know, it basically connects one section of timber to the next section of timber. It's like right in the middle. So yeah. every deer walks by it in the summer. So I put a camera on it, and I'll get like every buck, I feel like, in the section on there. And, uh, so after seeing this deer out there in July and coming into August, I couldn't really tell what, I mean, I could tell he was a good deer. He was a shooter for sure. I just couldn't tell what he had. I never really had a close picture of him or anything like that. Well, I put a camera out finally. I'm like, I better get a camera out and on that tree you're talking about. And um, I think it was two weeks later after a really hard rain, I'm like, well, I'm going to walk back there. My daughter and I walked back there muddy muddier and crap it's warm and uh pull the card we go back home and there he is finally him and the six or seven other bucks he was with right there and he's right in front of the camera 
like and now I can see like it's a video too. I've got like oh, he's got a little drop tine on the one side. He's got a couple kickers, yep. and I'm like, oh boy, keep growing, you know. <laughs> and uh, honestly, that's kind of how it was. But like when 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 mid to late August came, like as it started getting closer to September, he was gone. Never saw him again. I'm like, shit. Like got another year older, and he's disappeared. Yep. Um. So I really didn't know what to think. Like, I didn't know what to do. I mean, not not that I was like <laughs> up at night thinking about him, but I'm like, well, he'll show back up maybe. Because the year before, I felt like I would just drive around and I'd see him. Like he mm-hmm. was just there, you know. Um, and then uh, it was like, I think it was, man, when was it? Was it? Uh, oh. Season came, so I never got a picture of him. I take that back. I got a picture of him early September. I got one picture of him in the one acre, and that was it. It was like the first week of September, and then he was gone. So then I went to that stand that I encountered him out of the year before on the field edge, and I'm like, I can see everywhere from there. So I'm like, I like to start there and then kind of move where I need to early. First night of season, I went in there, saw a shooter, and I was after another eight-pointer that I have to this day yet to see. I don't know where he went. He's probably a 115-inch eight-pointer, like, well, good enough for me. Like, uh, um, I actually saw him a couple nights before season working on the house, and I saw him do something, and I'm like, uh, he went right underneath that stand. I'm like, I'm going to get in there. Hopefully he does it again. Yep. Yep. He came out, but it was late. So I got back in there the next night. And that eight pointer came out to like seventy yards, and I, you know, couldn't get him to come any closer. And then I look up, and coming out of the neighbors, here comes, here comes Meatball Meathead here, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> super six, you know. And he comes out, and he's with another buck, and there was two other bucks that came out after him, and he bullied them all over, running them like it was like the rut, like he just didn't want any deer to be around him, nothing like that. Um, he was probably at 200 yards and then nothing. Um, I was getting ready to go to Illinois on my Illinois hunt. That was going to be like middle of October kind of hunt. So I, I kind of let, you know, with building on my house too, I kind of let the cameras just kind of marinate. Mm-hmm. Well, when I got back from Illinois, which would have been like around the 16th of October, 17th of October, somewhere in there, um, I went and checked a camera. And on the 12th of October, he hit a camera at 1.30 in the morning. And I'm like, okay, he's still here. Like, now I just got to, like, this is the 12th of October. It's like, this deer's an older deer. How do you hunt him kind of thing? And it's next to some standing corn. So I'm like, well, maybe he's living in this standing corn. And, you know, he's just not moseying very far. Yeah. So, at, also, some other deer, there was like another eight-pointer, you know, 110-inch eight-pointer that I was kind of after. So I knew there was a couple deer around. It was just like kind of methodically get in the stand and just kind of see what happens. Um, he was hitting a scrape on the 12th of October, and I had a stand right above the scrape. Like the tree that the scrape was on, I had the stand in that tree. So I'm like, I'm just going to like kind of hone in on this spot, ride the hole, only like methodically do it on the right winds, 
get, like low pressure, don't hunt it all the time, and just kind of see what happens. And uh, saw a couple shooters from there, never saw him. And then um, I went to Ohio on the 25th and then killed my buck on the 26th. <laughs> and I had to stay a couple days. Um, I ended up coming back on the 29th of October, I think it was, from Ohio. So then, you know, those two tags were punched. So I'm like, okay, now it's like come back home. I got two tags in Michigan. Those are my only ne- rest of my hunts kind of hone in on something there but the kicker was and I said this on some other podcasts too is like you know my wife's a nurse so like during the week you know my daughter goes to preschool so I have to take her to school three four days a week so it alleviates like I can't hunt a lot of like the mornings and everything like that but what I'll do is after I take her to school I'll drive around the section until I can find a deer that I can hunt, you know, and then I'll like either get in that night or if I could think I can make a move on them, I'll make a move on them. Um, and I've actually had pretty like success doing it, not killing them, but like getting close to them, you know, I feel like it could happen. So, uh, I throw a couple sits in some evenings. Not, not a lot. You know, I've killed two good bucks at this time. So it's like, the do pressure. I go to the casino or do I hunt, you know, the family farm? <laughs> I, I killed a 145 and a 170, so it's like, well, the pressure's kind of off, you know. Yeah. Not gonna lie to you, I'm not like overexerting myself <laughs> right. to go hunting, uh, even though I love to do that. But I, it, it made it to the point where, like, like I said, I was more methodical with it. I'm like, I'm not like normally if I wouldn't have killed a deer, I'd be like hunting every morning, every night, like just rushing into places, yeah. you know. Now it's like, okay, you know what? pressure's off a little bit i don't need to hunt this morning like i'll just hunt it tonight you know yeah i might have like what i'm saying is i might have made moves that i probably shouldn't have moved and yeah like hurt blind aggression yes you know mm-hmm. instead of calculated i'm sure you do that there's times where you know you get that self-inflicted pressure where it's like man my buddies are killing deer. Yeah. I kill oh, deer. yeah like dude. you know i gotta get into a spot and i gotta i gotta force something to happen well if I wouldn't have killed these other two deer, I would have definitely forced something. Um, but And I guess to further that point, like when I get into that scenario, I need to try to figure out a way to like hold back a little bit and trust the farm, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I've hunted this farm enough to where I know when the deer kick on, what they're kind of, you know, historically what they're going to do, where they're going to move. So, like, kind of trust the farm. Um, and I've glassed this year more from a distance than I have any other year. Now, it helps that, I li- that I'm going to live up here, that I've been working up here every night. I've got literally, I have a pair of binos in my tool belt. Like, you know, my dad and I are doing something, and he'll hear me go. He's like, where the hell is he? And it's like, I'm out glassing real quick at prime time. Like, where's the deer moving? You know? Yeah. So I'm just, like, still doing that. I mean, like, you know my situation, too. Mm-hmm. I'm a similar thing where I can drive by the farm on yep. a day that I can't hunt. I can at least give it the once over and, you know, pick up on a pattern from the road, you know, if you're lucky or, you know, at least see what's in the area. And that's that's definitely better than sitting at home waiting for your cell cam to go off or that goes a long know. way though, dude. It does. And over time, 
like if you do that year in and year out, you can kind of see like, oh yeah, you know, early season is kind of a buster. They're not as predictable, but then like late season, you know, they do this and they're very predictable coming to this one yep. food source every night, you know, especially when the weather kicks to the, you know, yes. towards the worst and, and don't, don't feel like you can't scout from your car. That's. I got a question for you. We're going to divert a little bit here, but when you do that, because you've kind of taught me that how to around here anyway, because like when we go to state, like Casey and I, we gas and glass all the time. Mm. Like, it's just like, okay, we'll take nights off where it's like, it's November 3rd, but we're taking a night off. And a lot of people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you're supposed to be here hunting, but like you want to get a, you want to get a bead on a deer. Like if you don't have a bead on a deer, figure it out. Yeah. So like you've kind of taught that to me around here. Like if you're, if you're going into a section that's like big woods, you know, like my family farm, 218 acres, like in a scenario like that where you can't really see in there, like what are you doing when you're glassing? Like what is your – are you just trying to check the closest farm fields around? Like, hey, okay, he's hanging out here, but it could be four or four, 500 yards away. Like how are you breaking that down? I would I would definitely glass any farm field in the area just to get a, an idea of what's there and – Honestly, lately I've been trying to um, work the angle of like, can I get in there somehow, like permission wise, yep. or you know, do do I have property near there through my family or whatever that I could hunt? You know, there's there's kind of two extremes, like where you can like take your property and you know log it or tsi and do all the food plots yep. and everything and draw everything in and then there's the other extreme of like just going and finding it and getting in there and that's kind of the like big woods it's not as easy to do that because you can't see as much from the road but in your area there you can definitely get a feel for what's in there yes by there's driving around enough the farm around too. right yeah there is a lot of woods and a lot of property owners but you know if you're seeing like the the field at the front of your family farm is a perennial glassing hot oh, spot for God. everybody in the it's ridiculous. county. <laughs> I wish there was trees up against so, the road. Right, <laughs> right. So when you know when you have a spot like that, like you're lucky where you can see those deer and you're, yeah. you can hunt them. But like if I saw that, I would I would either try to get on that piece or try to get on something near there. Especially like okay, they're coming out into Aaron's field like. Maybe I can get behind that, even if it's a half a mile. You know, maybe right. those deer are coming a long ways out of that big woods. Depending on the time that. of year, too, if it's early October or something like that. Right. Or, yeah. So. I, I guess um, if you didn't have that luxury, farm fields around, it's just big timber. Are you just kind of you going to throw some sits in, you know, just kind of get in, maybe glass on a high point, throw a sit in, um, you know, maybe where you could see a ways on some ridges or like how, I mean, I hypothetically. Yeah. I like, I really related to when you said like, I'm going to go here, you know, for opening night. Cause I can see a long ways. I would approach it, you know, unless I knew from scouting in the winter or something that there was some right pocket where there's just crazy sign, you know, I would, I would definitely probably get to a, a place where I can see the furthest, you know, maybe call or, you know, rattle or whatever to yep. make something happen if I see something at a distance. But 
yeah, I would I would definitely try to glass as much as I can from the mm-hmm. road and then make a move from there. And yep, I figured as much. I just wanted to get, you know get pick your brain on it and see where you're at with it too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, but yeah, back back to the story here. So I got back from Ohio. It was that first week of November. I had to take my daughter to school that week. So I think November first was a Monday. So I knew like the the your typical morning sits were going to be out. Like my wife had to work, and it was like she goes to work way earlier than I do. I work from home, so it's like okay, Dad's got to to do that. So November first was a Monday, I believe. And uh, she had to she had to go to school that day. And I what I would do is, and I've done this for the last couple of years, when I take her to daycare or school or whatever, I would just drive around the section and just try to make a play on a deer or see what's moving. Just like try to get one going back to bed or chasing a doe or locked down and, and go set up on it. So I, November 1st, I drove around. I saw some deer on the neighbors, like a couple – couple miles to the north like there's bucks like chasing does like crazy across the road like good shooter bucks i'm like okay gets me a good gauge on like (laughs) what's going on you know like okay they're chasing right now obviously it's november 1st um so november 2nd comes around i'm supposed to be in ohio still but we got a, a babysitter for my daughter but i'm home so i still had to work that day so she still went to the babysitter so after I dropped her off at the babysitter, I'm like, well, I'm going to drive around a little bit, you know. I was on the phone with a buddy at the time, and, I, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm driving around. I'm going to try to find the, the six. Like, I haven't seen them. Like, I literally told him that, and I'm like, I haven't seen them since the 12th of October. Yeah, if he's not on me, he's got to be somewhere he's gotta be within somewhere. a couple of miles. I, I was going to do a mile to two-mile loop around my section. Just to see. I mean, it's farm country. You know, it's farm country all around me. Like, deer out right now. They're on does, everything. And uh, I happened to go down the road that, you know, the neighbors was that butts up to me. And there he is. Literally, I'm on the phone with my buddy. And I'm like, dude, oh, my God, right there. He is 40 yards off the road on the neighbors in the standing bean field. He's got a little buck with him. And he's got a doe. And I thought he had another doe with him too, but I think she was over the hill. But you could tell he was locked on a doe. And this little buck was just a satellite little puke, you know, just yeah. like, <laughs> you know, just just waiting. Like, when do I get my chance kind of thing? <laughs> well, the kicker is where I saw him, I have a stand like within the next, within 250 yards from where he's at on the opposite side of the, not on the opposite side of the road, but. On the far end, like if, if I'm on the road, it goes road, him, and then my stand is on the other side. So he's in the middle. I'm like, shit, I'm going to go grab my stuff, get in the stand, and do like an all-day deal. Yeah. I go get my stuff. I 
like going to the back door into the stand, and I'm sitting there, and it is windier than a bastard, and I am two layers too shy, okay? <laughs> and the wind is pounding me in the face, and I'm like, just like, come out, just come Hopefully out. He shows know? up. Yeah. He's within 250 yards of me the last time I saw him. I get in the stand about 9 o'clock, and about 10 o'clock, I look through the, the neighbor's timber because I'm probably – I'm a probably a hundred yards off the neighbor's timber on on mine, and I see the little buck that he was with working at me, and then I see the doe, and I'm like, oh, yeah. come on! Yeah. They work out, they come right underneath me. He never shows, and I'm like, yeah, he's okay. So be that's close. that's when I said to myself, like, okay, there was another doe, and that other doe took him somewhere else. Like there was three other deer with him, so I was thinking. I sat there for another hour and a half. I sat past noon, and I, I couldn't take anymore. I was so cold, and these deer kind of worked off. But at noon, I had three other does come out, and I saw two other bucks just cruising. And I'm like, it's on. Like, it, we got to go, you know. And that's November 2nd. So I get out of the stand. I go home, and I work the rest of the day. I didn't hunt that night. I had to go get my daughter from school and do that sort of thing. Um November 3rd, Wednesday, got to do the same routine. Like, I got to take her to school and all that stuff. So, I take her to school that day. They had school. And uh, I'm talking to a buddy, Tyler, on the phone. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm just driving around the section, you know, <laughs> doing what I do here. And, you know, it's only 8 o'clock. Just like, creeping. It's literally 8 o'clock. A lot yeah. of people aren't out of bed yet, you know. And I'm just, just got daylight a little bit ago and. And uh, I'm driving, and I'm driving right by my house, and I look over, and I go, oh, my God. And Tyler goes, what? And I said, he's standing right there with a doe, and he's fighting three other bucks off. I can see him running three bucks off, and I'm like, she is hot. He's not leaving her. And he's right on the edge of standing corn. And he goes, what's going on? I'm like, the six. He's right there on my property right now. I'm going to go kill him. I said, I'm going to go kill him. I'll talk to you later. He goes, let me know what happened. Click. And I just like hang out. <laughs> I I drive to my house here. I get my stuff on. I head to the standing corn. And I'm like, this is going to be perfect. The wind is out of the west. And it's going to be hit. I'm coming in from the east. He's not going to have a clue. Not going to have a clue. And uh, so I get to the point where... <sighs> I'm coming in from the I'm coming in north of him. Okay, he's south. I got to get around a bend. And I st- when I left him, I'm like he's not going to leave. He to me he did not want that doe to be in the corn. He doesn't want the door to be doe to be in the corn. He wants to see her when you get to me, when a buck gets on a doe and he gets in the corn, he can't maneuver her how he wants to. So he wants to be out in the open. That's why you see all the big deer out in the open, in my opinion. Yep. You know, um, so I get in this corn. I get like two rows in, and uh, it butts right up to the timber that I. There's like four acres of timber that I can hunt right there. And uh, I'm I'm sitting on a knee in the corn, and it like you know on like the turns of the corn, like it hard you never see a cornfield that grows really well, like on a like right on the edge, you know it's mm-hmm. like deer eat it or 
and I'm sitting there and the corn stalks are like only like waist high and I'm just like I'm just like thinking to myself I haven't seen him yet other than when I then I left him with the truck when I told Tyler hey I'm gonna go kill this deer I haven't seen him yet I just think he's to the south of me I'm coming in from the north and I'm trying to get my game plan I'm within I figured I'm within 100 yards of him right now the wind is blowing good to where he can't hear me I can make a move but I'm like, I don't know what other bucks are around. I just know that there's like three other bucks and I don't know what other deer. I'm sitting there and I'm I'm literally on a knee with my bow and I, I knocked an arrow and I hear a twig snap to my right and I look over and here comes a 115, 120 inch eight pointer coming right at me at 11 yards. And I said, oh my God, I'm going to shoot this deer right here. <laughs> He comes out of the tall grass. He's in CRP. That's probably like chest high. He he has no idea. He is he's one of the bucks that satellite bucks that this other that my buck is like chasing off. Yeah. So five yards in front of me is a big dirt mound, and he is this eight pointer is going to walk behind the dirt mound, and I'm like I'm going to shoot him at eleven yards on the other side when he comes by to go south to this this doe. He gets behind the dirt mound. I go to full draw, and I'm like, "This is gonna be way. This is white tail adrenaline shit. This is gonna. <laughs> yeah. This is. This doesn't happen to me." <laughs> I'm waiting at full draw, and I'm like, "Anytime now. Anytime. Anytime." Thirty seconds goes by. I can't see this deer. Has not come out yet. Either side, and this dirt mound's not huge. <laughs> it's probably seven foot tall, but it's not like, you know. And I'm like, "What the hell?" And I kind of peek around my bow. And he's going straight away from me. Oh, he went straight like west. And I'm like, what the hell? And I look and I range him 54 yards. I'm like, I'm not going to shoot him that far. Like, he's walking away from me. Like, he's gone kind of thing. So I'm like, what the hell is going on right now, you know? Yeah. So then I kind of gained my composure. He kind of starts working south. So he was acting like there was more deer to the south. So I'm like, okay, that buck's got to still be down there. The big deer's got to be down there. So I'm like, well, I'm going to get in the corn. I'm, I'm, I'm right on the edge. I'm going to get like two or three rows in, and I'm just going to start working down the corn. And I got to make this bend. I got to get down there. So I get in the corn, and I'm working. And all of a sudden, I see a doe. And then I see him, again, the buck, the eight-pointer. And there he's on the other side. I can't shoot him. And at this point, I'm like, okay, I want to see if this big deer's here. Because, I mean, he's what I came for. And... uh Right when I said that, all of a sudden a doe comes running right at me. She damn near clips me. I'm two rows into the corn. She's right on the other side of the corn, has no idea I'm there, runs right by, and I'm like, oh, my God, I got to get ready. I knock my bow. I'm like, that's got to be his doe. He's going to be coming. Never comes. She runs by me and into the timber, and I'm like, this is weird. You know, like, what's going on? Like, there's maybe there's another doe, you know, maybe – Maybe that was just a satellite doe. I don't know. At this time, on the neighbors, here comes another buck running from the far timber, just barreling across this field. Can see all this commotion going on. And just this little, you know, basket rack, eight-pointer, probably a 90-inch eight-pointer running. I'm like, Jesus, we're going to have a Donnybrook right here, you know, right in the middle. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So as that buck's running across, the eight-pointer's just kind of satellite and just like, you know, waiting for to see what happens. The wind's perfect. I'm like, well, 
if I blow these two bucks, I think I'm fine. I just can't blow whatever is down to the south that I can't see yet. And, and I'm thinking it, his doe has got to be down there and he's down there because I can't see it yet. So I'm like, I'm going to keep inching down there. I keep inching down, and all of a sudden, here comes the eight-pointer right at me, but he's running full tilt, and I'm like, what's going on? He runs by me, and then the other eight-pointer runs by me, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, just deer running everywhere. You know, it's like a it's yeah, like where a, is the uh, nucleus yeah, of all this? Exactly. <laughs> like, I can't see it yet, you know? And um, so they're by me. They're in the timber, and I'm like, okay, now I'm left with nothing. There's nothing on this, nothing out in front of me now, and it's like, what the hell? I'm sitting there, all of a sudden I look across again, and here's two coyotes at like 60 yards just come right in, like they're just milling around. And I'm like, okay, now this is starting to make sense. Like two, it looked like two beautiful male coyotes to me. And I'm like, well, if if you kick all the deer, I'm just going to shoot you then. So then I start kissing at them. One sees me and just kind of, just like kind of runs off. The other one didn't see me. I'm like, okay, I'll shoot you then. So I get ready and I'm going to fully intend on shooting this coyote because I don't, I have yet to see the big deer. I have yet to see his doe. Now that the coyotes are in front of me, I feel like they've blown the whole situation. Yep. And I'm kissing, kissing. He didn't hear me. He kind of worked off. So I'm like, okay, he's gone. So then I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, what do I do here? Do I just wait it out? I've got time, you know, do I just wait it out? Oh, you know, do I peek out there and see what's out there? So I'm like, I better peek. So I You're peeked. still in the corn. Still in the corn. I'm I'm two rows into the corn. Okay. So I peek out and I see a doe. And I'm like, hmm. And I don't see any other deer. And I'm like, I wonder if he's in the corn. Like just watching her from a distance. And she, she's sitting there with her tail half up. And I'm like, okay. That's suspicious. That's uh, not every doe is just doing that without when they're not squatting, you know? Yeah. And at that moment, I looked down my row of corn, and I see the corn stalks mowing down like a combine's coming through, and I see his right side. And I'm like, holy shit, there he is. <laughs> like it was that feeling like, oh, my God. And he's at 80 yards and he sticks, he comes right out of the corn, and he's looking right at her. And I'm like, wow, I'm in business now. I got a great wind. No more satellite deer around me to screw me up. Yep. Nothing. And I'm like, there's enough wind where I can move down the corn, and he won't hear me. I'm like, this is, I've already had this deer. At 80 in the, yards. That's... Yeah. And I've already had this deer in the truck. I'm drinking beer. I'm calling my buddies, everything. And this deer's just standing there. You know, I haven't even pulled back on him yet. So I'm like, I gotta start cutting the distance. I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm gonna get aggressive and I'm gonna cut the distance. So I go ten yards. They're not moving. They're, they're fully locked into each other. I go another ten yards, not moving. And I'm like, okay, if I get any closer, this is where, you know, I'm getting hairy here. You know, I'm at like that fifty, sixty yard range there somewhere. Like. Now, I feel like my timber's to the north of me. I feel like she's going to move to the timber at some time today. He's going to work. She's going to work him right by me, and I'm just going to sit it out, you know. At that moment, at that moment, if it couldn't get any weirder, all of a sudden the doe locks on something. Like, it almost looks like she's looking right at me, but she's not. 
And then the buck locks right to it. And I'm like, what the hell? And I'm looking down at them. And I'm like, there is something to my right. And I have to look. I look over at six yards. That coyote is standing right at six yards. Has no idea I'm there. And I look and I'm like, I've got video of this on my phone. I took a video of this. And I'm like, what is going on right now? This coyote's got his head to the ground just like sniffing he's at six yards from me and i'm like don't you blow this whole opportunity for me right now oh my gosh so i'm like i need to shoo this coyote out of here so i'm kind of going like i'm just i'm like just trying to like go on yeah 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 like get out of here you know you're like get on out of here you know like i need to get the coyote out of here so the coyote kind of looks up and looks at the deer but he can't see me out of his peripherals. I'm literally six yards from him. And I go, I go like, everybody that's listening can't see us, but I like do a little like slow little wave like, you know, like, like I'm like, get the, get the fuck out of here kind of thing. He looks at me and he goes, oh my God. Like, you know, there's a human right yeah, there. He turns panics. and runs the other way. It worked out perfect. I'm like, okay, great. So then back to the action, you know. So these deer are still locked on him. I'm like, okay, I can move. Like I need to, I need to close the How distance. How do they see him? And not see you move, like with him being lowered. Because, well, I was sitting on my on my knee, so I was really low. Okay. But where he was like right next to me, where I was literally just like, hey, 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 I'm right here. Get out of here, you know? <laughs> and they were like, you know how when you look down corn rows, but like kind of at an angle, like the corn, like the stalks are close to each other. You yeah, know, it's it not almost creates exactly. a wall. It's it's a wall. It yeah. literally all I can see is his tips of his beams and I can see her nose. That's it. Like okay. because there's so much corn in front of us. I'm like, man, I could I could cut ten more yards off this while they're watching him run off. So I cut ten more yards. And I, I just I just go. Are you just thinking like in my mind, like at any moment this is going to go south. Yes. Because <laughs> the whole time. I Like, that's the feeling I get when you're just being that yep. aggressive where it's like, am I pushing the envelope a little too much right here? The whole time I felt like I was like out of body experience. Like, this is, this isn't going to, this isn't going to work. Like yeah. the whole time I'm thinking this isn't going to work. This is not going to work at all. So I cut 10 more yards. And then I cut 10 more yards because they started working out of the corn. He's His body's out of the corn now. He's facing away from me. And I would make it to where the doe came up to him and would start licking his antlers and licking his face. And I'm like, okay, she picked him. That's crazy. I've never. Yes. So it, as much as much like as he picked her, she picked him too. So I'm like, thought to myself, like, okay literally they're not going to leave each other. And every time that they move away from me, I'm moving closer. I get to 23 yards. But like I said, the corn is a wall. So I've got to go to full draw and I got to stand above the corn to try to get a shot through. All of a sudden they kind of like not freak out, but they're kind of like, they get a little on edge. They have no idea I'm there still. And I'm like, this is the time I got to make it happen. He turns and he's facing kind of at me. I'm like, here's my shot. I just shot a deer in Ohio in the chest. I'm going to shoot another yeah. one right in the chest. 
Zero hesitation. 20, 23, 25 yards. I go to full draw him on one knee. I didn't stand up. I range him, put the pin on him. I cut her loose. Right as the, the arrow comes off my bow, it hits a corn stalk, and it goes right by his chest. It misses him. And all he complete does, miss. complete miss, all he does is kind of jumps in the air and stops and is looking right at her like nothing ever happened. And I'm going, oh, my God. <laughs> what just happened? I just whizzed, Why haven't they I just whizzed a 500-grain arrow by his chest cavity, and she didn't move, and he didn't move. And I'm like... I'm back in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, For the tenth time. We're good. Stock, we're yeah. good. So I'm like, I I keep telling myself, like, slow the fuck down. Right. You've got time. This is my second chance. Don't screw this up. Do not screw it up. So, like I said, they're just kind of doing their thing. She would she would submit to him, lift her tail up. He never got on her, but he'd sniff her do the thing kind of thing, but never got on her. So every time their heads would turn, like at this point, they had kind of moved off a little bit. So they were probably in that like 40 to 50 yard range. And I'm like, I am as far as I can get. Like, I just got to let them work to me. And probably 10 minutes goes by. It feels like it's an eternity. I got another arrow knocked. uh, And finally gets to the point where I'm like, I keep telling myself, okay, Wait till they turn, go to full draw, stand up, and shoot them. So they finally turn. I go to full draw. I stand up, and he's, like, not in a good angle at all. And I'm, like, in the middle of nowhere now. They could see me. Quartering two, quartering away? He was quartering two, I thought, and the doe was right behind him. So I didn't want to take, like, a shot there. And I'm, like, thought to myself, I get the pin, and I'm, like, Nope, not going to work. So I got back down and went, I like let up. And I'm like, okay, just slow down, slow down, you know, slow this moment down. You're, you're fine. They're right here. When I arranged them, it was at like 47 yards right there. And I'm like, okay, I can make this happen. So I'm like, wait till they turn their heads again. I'm going to do it again. Same thing happens. I go to full dry, stand up. I range 54 yards comes up and I'm like, I got this. Like, I just shot my Illinois deer at 54 yards. He's standing broadside, not a care in the world. He is focused on her. She's focused on him. Nothing. I put the pin on him, and I cut her loose. The arrow goes, and I hear the air coming out of him. And just thump. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just smoked him. She runs off 30 yards. He kind of bounds 30 yards, and he's looking around. Like, what just happened? Has no idea he's been hit. And my arrow is hanging out of him only by the fletching and the knock. Literally, like, complete. Yep, opposite side. Complete pass-through, basically. And I'm like, I could tell it was low, and I could tell it was back. And I'm like, okay. But 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 the entry looked great. I'm like, oh, my gosh. He sat there for 25 minutes. And he'd hunch his back up, and I'm like, gut shot. I hit him in the guts. Yeah. But I'm like, man, it felt like it was three inches behind the shoulder. And I thought he was, like, not completely broadside, but I thought he was, like, really broadside. And so they're sitting there, and there was this little mound of dirt out there. Well, he's literally sat there for 25 minutes, and I'm like, 
You get I a have, lot of dirt mounds around. <laughs> too many. <laughs> too many. I didn't have any more arrows because I only had two arrows with me. So I'm like, and he's at he's at probably 80 yards, and I don't have an 80-yard pin. Like, it ends at 60. Right. Like, I can't, you know, yeah. from that. So I'm thinking, what do I do? And I'm like, the only thing – the only thing that I thought I could do is just keep an eye on him. Like, wherever he goes, I'm going to be able to watch him walk or run for a long time. Or he might just bed down right there and, and die. I But I knew I hit him in the guts. I'm hoping I got one lung, possibly liver. And uh, finally, he's kind of moving behind this dirt mound. And I'm like, I got to – I started moving the corn. And she saw me move. And she runs away. And he has, he does not care. And I'm like, okay, that's a good sign. Like he's he's yeah, he's, he's hurt, you know. Dizzy. So I'm thinking, what do I do here? So I'm like, well, I just need to let let him be, and like, he's gonna expire himself. Well, I watch him walk 460 yards to the neighbors, and I I can do nothing about it. I have no arrows. I can't go get any more arrows. Like I'm out of arrows, and um. I feel like if he sees me, he's going to run to the yeah, next county. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen. I feel terrible about it. And the arrow's completely out of him now. Like, before he makes this long trek, the arrow's completely out of him. Like, it came out in, like, 40 yards. I watch him going to the neighbors, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to watch this timber all day. Like, that was my plan, to make sure he doesn't come on. It's a five-acre section of timber. I can see three sides of it. Make sure he doesn't come out. I sit there for two and a half hours. He never comes out. Um, I had to go pick my daughter up from school at 3 o'clock. When I left to go pick her up at 3 o'clock, she, or the buck is on his feet on the edge of the timber on the neighbors and just doing the same thing, just kind of, you know, arching his back. Like I, I knew it was a gut shot, like I said, and I knew over time he would expire. And I, <laughs> I feel terrible talking about it now you know what I mean because I've never got shot hit a deer before and so I'm calling everybody I called Kurt Geyer from working class bow hunter you know he has has got a big group of guys that he talks to that you know I've called my buddy Tyler called my buddy Swan and I'm like I just like what do I do here and it's like everybody's saying you just got to give him time you got to give him time you go in there you're gonna blow him out of the section just give him time. He's going to bed up and he's going to expire. And everybody's like, you know, that's not it's not the thing you want to do, but it's going to happen. Everybody was telling me at least wait 12 hours to go in after him. I got a dog lined up. I got, <laughs> like, we're going to go in later that night. So we wait 13 hours and we go back at like 11, 12 o'clock that night. And we go right to, I stalk up on the spot. Before we even start the dog, I spot, spot spot and stalk right up on the spot where I last saw him, thinking he'd still be in his bed. When we got to the point where we couldn't get any closer and we couldn't see in his bed, I was like, I don't want to go any farther. I just want to listen. Lights were off. We didn't have any lights on or nothing. Um, we brought the dog. The dog came in, tracked him all the way to that spot. He was gone. It wasn't in his bed, nothing. So we tracked and tracked and tracked and tracked. Tracked till like 
uh, I don't know, a couple hours, found a little bit of blood, not a lot of blood, um, got my arrow 40 yards, like the dog found my arrow uh, 40 yards after I shot him, good blood on the arrow, didn't smell like guts, good blood, and I'm like, well, when he was walking away, I could see where the exit was, and it was where, it was right in front of the back, um, the back uh, quarter, but low. I could see where it came out. And where it went in, I could see where it went in. It was center mass. It was complete center mass, good up and down. And I'm like, I don't know how I didn't get long or how I didn't get a, a clip of the liver there. I, I knew 100% where I hit him. Where, so explain to me the entrance wound. Like where do you, like behind the shoulder three inches, you said? I thought it was three inches, but it was more like five or six inches behind the front shoulder. Good up and down. It was the center of the body. Literally center of the body. And you figured he was broadside. I figured he was broadside more than he was, but he was quartering hard to me, and I didn't realize that. Okay. Because just kind of in the heat of the moment, you know, I thought he was broadside, and it was he literally was, like, not facing me, but, like, at a hard quarter, you know. Uh, So we're tracking with the dog. The dog did well. Um my dad was with me and my buddy Swan was with me. They had to leave. It was about uh, 12.30. <laughs> we got to work tomorrow, man. <laughs> it was 12.30. <laughs> and then uh, um, Taylor Artis and his dog, I mean, shout out to them. They helped me out a ton. Um, when they left, he's like, you ready to go? He's, We're going to keep looking. I'm like, hell yeah. And I said, I got a good idea of where he went because when I shot Jim Abbott in 2018 – Seems like these deer do the kind of same thing. So I'm like, well, I'm going to keep working out. I've called the neighbor. I've actually talked to the neighbor face-to-face after I shot him. He gave me permission to go in, do whatever I need to do. Um, He said, just let me know how it goes kind of thing. Well, Taylor and I break. We we split up. He's got the dog. He's kind of working the edge. And we're, we're, we're... in a timber that's surrounded by ag fields. So I'm like, he could have went out in the ag field and could have died. So he's basically scouring the edge of this timber that I'm in. I'm in the timber just looking for blood, looking for anything. It's a little after 2 a.m., and I get a phone call from Taylor. And he goes, dude, I got him right here. He's right here. And I'm like, no kidding. He's like, yeah, but he's still alive. And I said, okay. He's like, get over here right now. I'm like, all right. So I go up there. We see him. How far away from him are you? Taylor got to about, uh, how far is Taylor from me? Yeah, yeah, when you got the call. He was probably well 150 yards from me probably. Oh, he was okay. he was out in front of me where I was heading. He like kind of got out in front of me. And um, he's like, get up here right now. And he explained to me where he was so I didn't walk that way and, and bump him. He's like, he's in a bad shape right now and uh like okay so i went up there and found him we couldn't get close to him he was he was laying in a bed and he just you know he just wasn't doing good so i'm like okay let's let's get out of here let's i'm gonna come back in the morning and he should be i would think right there so is he in the crops now or is he in? nope he's in timber okay in the neighbor in another neighbor's timber and I had to get permission to go on that neighbor. So, Perhaps I'm getting permission, though. A lot of guys yeah. skip that part and just because you know, it's dark, you know. And, exactly. I did not want to do that. That's important. Like, yeah, it's really important because 
So I get up the next morning. I, well, I get home at like 4 a.m., finally get to bed. I wake up at 7 and drinking coffee, and I can see the hay field that leads up to this timber where he's at. And the two coyotes that I had that day were working into that timber through the hay field. And I'm like, this is not good. Not good at all. Like, I'm watching these coyotes work across this hay field, going to go into the timber where he, where I last left him. Yeah. Like, this sucks. <laughs> this And it's cold. Dude, it's, it's low 30s. It's been, I mean, it has not got above 45 degrees in five days. Like, it's colder and shit. So, I knew the meat wouldn't be spoiled, but it's just like, can I get there before the coyotes do? I knew he'd be dead in there. So I had to go get permission. So I went to the landowner's house at 8 o'clock in the morning as he's pulling out of his driveway. And if I literally was three minutes later, I wouldn't have caught him. He's pulling out. I stopped him from going out of his driveway. <laughs> and he pulls back into his driveway. And I'm like, hey, you know, my name is Aaron Blasey. And I'm so such that's, you know, he knew my brother-in-law and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I got a, I shot a deer yesterday. And he's in your timber right now. Do you care if I go back there? Hell no. You go back there. Do what you got to do. He's like, you can take my hayfield back there. Drive through the hayfield. You know, do what you got to do. And he's like, if you need more guys, be my guest. Go back there. Get them. Let me know how it goes. And I'm like, wow, that went a lot more, a lot differently than I, you know, it could have went, yeah, you know. Yeah. So uh, my wife and then my dad and I went back there and it's, He's in a four-acre patch of timber that's really mature, so there's, like, not a lot of understory. You can see through it. I'm like, let's just grid search this. We're going to grid search it a couple times. Nothing. Didn't find a deer. Walked up on his bed where I left him. Nothing. Nothing at all. And I'm like, crap. Where is he now, you know? So there's another patch of timber. I got permission to go in that timber. We grid searched that twice. Nothing. And I'm like, crap, maybe he's, and then I thought to myself, maybe he's backtracking back to where I kind of shot him. That was the next timber that we needed to go in. And that was the initial timber that I watched him walk into after I shot him. So I call that landowner again. Now it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. And I think he's got a guy that hunts his property. So I didn't want to go blazing through there. And I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to ruin anybody's hunting and stuff like that. So I call him back up and I said, well, I'm just curious if I can go back in your property and look one more time. He goes, you know, I don't care. And he's like, whatever you got to do, get in there. I said, well, do you have someone hunting? He goes, nope, he's out of there. And I said, are you sure that you're good with me going there? I don't care. Go get your deer, please. And I'm like, okay. So we start tracking and literally we're looking for body now. I walk up on a bed that's got wet blood in it. And I'm like, holy shit, is he backtracking now? Because he's going back to where I shot him at. And I tell my dad, and I'm like, dad, like there's a bed right here, wet blood in it, not a ton. And then I tell my wife to get on the edge of the timber because I said, I'm going to keep pushing through. If he squirts out, you can see him and, you know, I'm like, we're 26, 27 hours into this, and I cannot cannot believe he's still alive if he is. I work off probably another 100 yards. I find another bed, and it's wet, wet blood, still kind of warm. 
I mean, it's like I said, it's like in the upper 30s and the 40s that morning. So it's like it's kind of warm, but it's not like it's still kind of chilly. I'm like, I swear, I feel like he's going this way. I feel like we're right behind him. So how far are you right now from where you hit him? 400 yards. Okay. But he's going back to where he's I come, hit him. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He's Making going his way back. Okay. He's he's trying. And I'm going to get to that here. So it wasn't 15 minutes later. My phone goes off. My cell cam goes off. He's in front of my cell cam. And he's going back to the standing corn. Like I have a cell cam where I shot him. He is standing in front of the cell cam 150 yards from where we're standing at the moment. He is right in front of us. We kicked him up. And I'm like, my dad is getting ready to get, get out in the field where my cell cam is on the edge of our timber. So it's in the same field that he's going to walk into. And I'm like, dad, get down. He's out there right now. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, what is he doing? I'm like, he's trying to get back to that standing corn. Like, he's trying to get back. Like, he's not in a good shape right now. My wife doesn't even say anything. She's like, I'm going to the house to make sure he doesn't get, like, I want to see where he goes. She runs. My truck is a God mile. Bless her. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got, I married up. Yeah. I, that's what I did. <laughs> My truck is a mile west where we started this morning. He's running east. My wife runs around to get to our house to make sure he, like, she sees where he goes. My dad and I, like, as quickly as we can get back to the truck, my thoughts are he's going to try to get to this corn. I've got to stand on the edge of the corn where it meets the timber that he's in. He's in this timber. It's a four-acre patch of timber that we own that he's going to try to get to this corn. My goal was to get to that stand and sit at the rest of the day because if he comes by me, yeah, he's gonna, game he, over. it's going to be game over. My dad and I get to the truck. I call my wife. Has he come out? No, he's not come out. I'm like, okay. So I get around. My dad drops me off, and I said, I will see you at dark, <laughs> basically. I start creeping up the corn edge where I shot him, okay? And I'm working into the timber. I got a good wind. And I'm, like, trying to get a hold of my wife. She's not answering. And I'm trying to figure out if this deer has come out into the – so, like, there's cut corn, and then there's standing corn that they butt, butts right up to each other, okay? So half of it's cut, half of it's standing. So I mention up, I get into all this CRP, and I'm like, I cannot get in the stand. It's, it's going to be too loud. And I'm like, okay, I'm far enough. I can get a good shot off if he comes back by. My dad calls me. He's like, I'm at your house right now, and he's coming at your house in the, in the cut corn right now. What do I do? And I said, cut him <laughs> off. Like, <laughs> kick him back to me. Like, I don't want him yeah. to leave the section. Like, he's got to stay right here because I didn't want to deal with other landowners. I, I just want him to stay right here. Yeah, it's, give me a second ex shot. Exactly. Come into this place. Exactly. <laughs> I run out over the hill get on the edge of the standing corn and I look over the hill and I see my dad coming out of my driveway on the road and I see the deer in between both of us. The deer stops and starts coming right up the corn edge to me and I'm like, I'm going to shoot him right here and we're going to end it. Like he is on a beeline, has no idea I'm there. He's going to come right up to me. I'm going to shoot him right here and we're going to be done. So I'm ready. I'm watching this deer. I'm kind of peeking around the edge of the corn and I'm like, it's going to happen. The deer gets to 80 yards, 
and stops and turns into the standing corn and goes into the standing corn. And I'm like, no. Oh, my God. This is over 20 acres of standing corn, roughly 20 acres of standing corn. I can do nothing in the standing corn now because what are you going to do in standing corn? I'm deflated. I'm like, what is going on? It's 27 hours after I shot this deer. Why is he still living? And I feel terrible, like absolutely terrible that I've put this deer through this. Like, why couldn't I just get it done initially and be done with it? I'm like deflated. Like, so I got to walk basically down the corn row by him to get to my truck to get out of there. And I, I got an arrow knocked and I'm like, I'm just going to creep down this corn edge. I'm going to see where he went in, mark it, and I'm going to come back in the morning. Like, it's going to be cold. I said, I don't need to push him around this corn. Like, I don't want to push him anywhere else. My full intentions were is that my my thought process was that deer was going to go in there. He felt safe in there. He's going to bed up, and he's just going to expire. I just need to give him more time. So I'm walking down the field edge. And I'm creeping, like not making a noise. And I get to his tracks, and I get to where he barrels in the corn, and there's corn laying down. I look about 10 rows into the corn, and there's probably a 20-yard long by 10-yard wide swath of corn that is just completely mowed down. But but it's like like coons would do. You okay. know what I mean? Yep. It's It's been there. Like he didn't just go in there okay. and just start flailing around. And I thought to myself, I'm like, man, I wonder if he's like bedded right there, like 10 rows in. Like I can see it open. And I'm like, I'm looking around. I can't see anything. I'm like, I just need to get out of here. So I get out of there. I go back home and I work the rest of the day. And I'm like, what am I? Dude, it's brutal. So I I know it's going to be cold enough and I – I'm just hoping he's going to go in there and, and die. One of my good friends calls me that night, and he's like, so what's your plan? That This is Thursday. I shot him on a Wednesday. This is Thursday night. I go, I'm going after him tomorrow. I said, tomorrow morning, I'm walking every row of that corn, everyone by myself. Because, like, no, I mean, it's a Friday. Nobody, everybody's going to be working. I got no help. I'm going to find this deer. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to find this deer. I know he's going to pass away. I know he's going to die. Deer can't live from an intestine or a gut shot. They can't. You know, it poisons themselves. It just takes a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, well, I'm taking tomorrow off. I'm going to hunt in the morning. I'll come help you. I'm like, okay. So I get up at like, I don't know. My wife didn't have to work, so she could take my daughter to school. I get up. It's like 6 or in the morning. This is for a time change. So it's still dark. And I'm getting my stuff on, and I'm leave. I leave the house. It's not even daylight yet. And uh, I'm driving the corn, like, around the roads to see if I can see him cross the road and the headlights, anything. Like, maybe he's using the nighttime to, to, to move. I don't know. I'm just, just hoping a prayer. Trying to be proactive, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I drive around for three hours, like, in a section, just, like, glassing every inch. I'd get out. I'd walk the 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 road edge where the road's close to him to see if there's blood, see if there's tracks, him crossing, anything. I spent so much time. 
10 o'clock, 48 hours since I shot him. I shot at 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning. Well, it was a little bit before that. My buddy calls me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm over here right now kind of looking. He's like, I'm getting out of the stand. I'll meet you. I'm like, okay. So he comes to the house and he goes, what do you want to do? I said, I'm going to take his track and where I saw his track going and I'm going to walk it. And then if you want to get like 30, 40 yards down from me, we'll just kind of cross the edges at, or the, the rows as we go and look down the rows and see if we can see something. We walk up the corn edge and I find out where he goes in. I'm like, I'm going to go in here just trying to be quiet. You know what I mean? And um, he goes about 40 yards down and we go through the first couple of rows. I'm getting to that open area where I saw so the, I, I finally get into the open area and I'm, it, there's kind of like two layers to it. It's like open and then there's a couple rows of corn, then it's open again. And uh, in front of me, the way I was going, there was corn stalks down, like right in front of me. So I wanted to be quiet. I couldn't get through it because I'd be busting corn all over. It made me kind of go west and then have to go south. I took two steps to the west. I looked down and I see hair right there in the open area. And I look, I kind of look around this corn stalk and there he is piled up right there, dead, right in that open 12 <laughs> rows into the corn. And I go, no, I freaking way. freaked out. I said, Cole, he's right here. He's done right here. And I'm like, Oh my God. He went, he literally ran in there 12 rows. And when I walked by him, he was probably laying down probably on his last leg. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Crazy. And I went ecstatic. Like, like Two days later. 48 hours later. Following them around. Yep. And oh. I was fully intended on walking every row of that 20-acre corn. So how far did he from expire where, where, from where I shot him? Yeah. Probably 150 yards. How far do you think he went in that time? We tracked him just over six miles. But not as a crow flies. As like loops and turns yeah. and like... That's what my phone said, but I don't think it was six miles. I would, if I had to guess, it would be for sure four miles. So he just tried to double back. Mm -hmm. He tried to get back to where he felt safe. Wow. And it was the only standing corn crop in the section. Unbelievable, dude. I've Un never put a whole lot of weight towards standing corn. And guys say like, you know, when I'm combining, there's... 30 deer hold up in the last eight rows as I'm taking it off, you know, and I've, right. I've never seen that or had an experience like you just described where, where it is their bedroom. Yep. And that's just crazy. Man. I'm not, I'm not proud of it at all. I'm really not like, I'm proud that I got the deer, but the shot. So when we rolled him over, it was center mass. He was quartering to me, like I said, mm. but where it came out, it came out low and the guts were coming out. So that's why when we're getting any blood, but honestly, every time I saw him after I shot him, he was always walking. He was never running. And even when my dad, when we kicked him out and my dad kind of like kicked him back to the section, my dad even said, he's like, he was not doing good, but he wasn't, it was kind of like a little trot. It wasn't like a dead run. Like it's he just, just shuffle. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, uh, wow. you know, I, we processed them. The meat's still good. I've got the meat. You know, we got almost 50 pounds of burger off them. <laughs> like, I've got all the meat, everything, dude. Like, plan on fully. It, I got lucky in the fact that, A, or coyotes, no, nothing got yeah, them. Yeah, how did they not I have no idea, it out, dude. you know? No clue how they didn't get them. Um, 
but I also got lucky in the fact that like it was cold and he for a fact I know he lived for 27 hours I watched him live for 27 hours after a gut shot so when I gutted him I got guts and I got it mostly intestine I never got liver I never got lung nothing wow. and he lived that long yeah it crazy was he still warm when you got to him um no not really i okay. think he died I, I i'm not gonna say he died right after i walked by him but he died sometime. obviously sometime closer to that, you know from you find him we when i walked by him it was one o'clock in the afternoon on thursday i found him at 10 o'clock on friday morning so in that time okay. he obviously passed okay. away within that time there Wow, but crazy man. I mean, mature deer. I gotta believe he's gonna be at least four years old, possibly five years old. Um, yeah, we're looking at him right now, and he is—he carries his mass all the way through yeah. everything. I mean, for around here, he's everything you could ask for yep. in a buck, regardless of score. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a mature deer. He was two hundred and thirty pounds on the hoof. Um, he scored 118. Does your gross. back hurt from dragging all these deer <laughs> out of the woods? Or? I've had a lot of help. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, he scored 118 and seven eighths gross, um, as an eight pointer. He's got a drop time that just barely didn't, he can't score. It's not quite an inch. And then he's got another flyer that wasn't quite an inch, but he's got eight scoreable. Um, just a monarch dude, just like a mature, like, You've hunted this area as long as I have. Like the deer, deer like that. That I, I'm not gonna say they're an anomaly, but they're just not like as far as how mature he was and how big he was. It doesn't. They don't get that way. Every, no, all yeah. the time. I mean, we're looking at all three of them right now, and I can't help but I mean, pick up the one that was from around here, and definitely probably the most mature, or maybe not the most mature, but. Definitely probably had some lead thrown over his back oh, yeah. and some arrows thrown at mm-hmm. him over the years. For sure. No, it was crazy, though, man. Like, that uh, wild story, two-year quest with him, you know what I mean? And for the fact that, like, uh, I really wish I would have put a better shot on him, you know, I really I, – I honestly feel terrible about that. But, like – Props um, on sticking with it, though, man. I know a lot of people that would have just – and maybe even myself, you know, after 24 hours and like there he, there he is on his feet, you know, yeah. like maybe he's fine. Maybe he's not like, well, I you was guys... fully planning on like, if I wouldn't have found him in the corn that day, if I know he wasn't in the corn, I was going to keep looking. I was going to go Saturday. I was going to keep looking. I was going to go to the neighbors, get permission on them. Cause they've got like a big sorghum field that I'm like, maybe he went to that. Yeah. I was going to see if I could walk that like. That deer meant a lot to me, uh, and it was just to the point where I didn't do my job on the front end of it to where I needed to do that deer justice to, like, I knew he was going to die, but I just needed to stay on him and find him, and that's, you know. Man, that whole time I thought you were going to get another arrow into him. Like I'm, like we said earlier, this is the first time I've heard how it all played out, and, like, yeah. Man, you would have thought at some point he would have just been out of gas and you could have snuck up on him, but that just shows you how how crazy tough they are to yeah. just stay out in front of you enough to 
to survive. You know, and we're usually dealing with two and a half, possibly three and a half year old deer around here. You know, if you're lucky, this deer, I think, honestly, I, for sure, I'd have to. Say, I pulled his teeth. I'm gonna get him aged. I would say he's four. He could be five years old. You know, I think four is a very yes. conservative. Yeah, like for sure. Yeah. Bet. <laughs> and I don't know. We're just. I'm not saying two year old deer aren't tough, but like we're dealing with a deer that's like. You know, they're tough animals. So you saw him run multiple two year olds off mm-hmm. and probably maybe a three year old off. Like he wasn't Yeah. He wasn't one He of ruled them. the roost around here. I honestly think he's the most mature deer in this section that I've he's the biggest deer I've had on camera all year, so Man. That's a great buck, man. Like <laughs> and for number three, I mean, like you've just had a roller coaster of a season. I I wouldn't say I I've had it probably too easy to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely earned number three, man. Oh. I mean, maybe that was the hard fall that I was thinking with before the first two. I like I almost felt like it was too easy, and then the third one, it's like okay, kind of brought me down to reality. Like yeah. You know what I mean? Missed, and then you hit them not very good, and then you literally track them for forty eight hours, and I I just couldn't let them go. I just had to find out. I had to find them. I had to find, and I was gonna. I had a dog lined up to come in the next day, the day that I found him too, to help me in the. I was corn. gonna ask about that. You like? It seems like that would have been a lot of people's default go to. You know, get the dog in there and let it work. And so I, th- I figured in the corn, helping me run the rows. I, I, w- I had a dog lined up to come and help me in the corn too that day. So, but I just found him first before the dog could get there. So, um. But, yeah, I was going to pull out every stop I could. And then it was like the other thing was like do I wait for the farmer to take off the crops and I'm going to go with him you right. know, and find him before he runs them through the combine kind of thing too. So Yeah, I had a friend that happened too in the thumb a couple really? days ago. Yeah, hit it, and two days later the farmer hit it. No got way. Got in the combine, yeah. Took the whole main beam off the one uh. side, ate the whole G2. Like they couldn't even recover it. Oh, just like basically ground it up, and it. I mean, he he got the the. It looks like a nine in the picture. It right. was a ten, and he's gonna have to get it repaired. But he found it, man. And that's, big deer. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Big. I mean, all you can Good ask deer. for around yeah. here. Yeah, yep. yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, so. man. So that's that's it. Wow pretty crazy that is insane. my first deer on the ground <laughs> spot and stock and uh yeah to your quest props on uh keep pushing in on them like that like there's definitely a learning curve with that and you can bump a lot of deer doing that but yeah. like when you you know hone in on like oh man the wind's in my favor and it's making this corn make a yep. lot of noise like i can the I can corn get away being with there was nice here. yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, when she submitted to him is when I knew, like, when I saw him, her, when I saw her licking his antlers and his face, like, yeah, kissing him, nuts, I'm man. like, okay, she, she submitted. As long as I stay hidden, I'm good. I can get as close as I want. And I got to 23 yards and just couldn't make it happen then. So, man, crazy. Yeah. 
So number four. <laughs> I wonder what the I'm story the will bring, man. I'm on the pursuit of number four. Almost had it done the other night. Yeah. I'm going to go in tomorrow I think it'll night. happen, man. We still got a few days before gun season around here, and then you never know what will happen after that. The either. first four corn might be in trouble. Just yeah. To <laughs> <laughs> Just to say he did it. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, um, cool. Well, man. thank you, man, for coming on here and just kind of listening to my story. Yeah, dude. No, that was... I mean, I was on the edge of my seat a few different times. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Congrats. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Well, thank you, everybody out there, for listening. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed that long dissertation. Um, but that is that is my Michigan buck from this year so far. Uh, I appreciate everybody listening and downloading. If you can go to iTunes, please go there and leave a five-star uh, review. Leave a five-star rating in a written review. That would be greatly appreciated. So thank you guys very much, and uh, we'll see you right here next time on the Fall Podcast.